to the fourth episode of the Think to Win podcast. I am Burke O'Day here with Sam Lucy yet again. Hello, Sam. Hi, Burke. How are you? I'm doing wonderful today. How are you doing? Uh, as wonderful. Yeah? It's been a busy day, huh? Yeah, busy. I like to keep busy. Yeah. Um, today, I was thinking we would just take some time and talk about... We had a good conversation yesterday uh, on a Zoom call about how you know, what we're doing here can kind of be applied to things like addiction, especially for you. You talked about a food addiction. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I would say I, I had a food addiction. Mm-hmm. And so how do you think that, you know, thinking more, reacting less, sort of all of all of the things that we talk about and that we sort of teach here, how can that be applied to, you know, situations that involve an addiction? Uh, sure. Um, the, the root cause of addiction is always the same. An individual feels that uh, there's something wrong in their life. Uh, I have never met a person who didn't feel that they were not good enough and didn't know it. Uh, if you ask a person, uh, are you good enough? They say, oh, of course I am. But if they would take a few moments and let their feelings speak, uh, they would they would realize that yeah in their intellect they know they're good enough but in their emotion where where everything happens where all behavior comes from they have feelings beliefs opinions that they're not good enough that's 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 a, a major cause of addiction probably that's the root cause of addiction and then of course it just goes off from there because you know if you if you feel like you're not getting what you want out of life maybe you're in a bad relationship maybe you don't like your job you know maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you got married and you have children and, you know, used to be free and yet, you know, you could, you could spend the money on yourself. Now all of a sudden you got these family commitments. Any kind of thing you could think of uh, would cause a person to feel like they're not getting out of life what they want. So that, that's basically where addiction starts. Now, whether it's addiction or whether it's uh, any other unwanted behavior, you're only going to find the solution in the same place. And that same place is you must find those feelings that you have that are producing that behavior. You know, those feelings get there without your permission, without your participation. They're buried inside you. They lay inside you and contaminate your life through your behaviors you don't want. They bring you what you don't want, keep you from getting what you do want. I mean, I will say that on every podcast because that is the way it is. So addiction is no different. I could speak to my own addiction which is food. I'm a very, very, I'm a dominant person and uh, things are extreme to me. You know, I, I used to drive too fast. I still drive faster than I should have probably. I used to drive aggressively. You know, I used to speak in, a, in aggressive, harsh terms too often and do, do these kinds of things. So I'm still a very, uh, I'm still a dominant person, but little by little eliminating my beliefs, opinions, uh, I've become more normal and more sensible. And the end result is I think more and react less. I, I never realized I was reacting either till I found what I found. But, um, and, that, and that's another issue. I think in our next podcast, we should talk about how a person's belief system contaminates their life. Hmm. And I would like to give you an, a, an, ex, an example in my own business that I own a partnership with Frank, my, my business partner, Frank Witowski. But anyway, sticking back to this in addiction, I've always had a problem with food uh, I, I grew up on a farm. I mean, we, we our, our diet was incredible. I mean, 
You know, we, we ate meat uh, six days a week. We were Catholic, so you didn't eat on Friday. Other than that, we did. If my mother would have put a hamburger in front of my dad, he probably would have thrown it at her. He worked hard in a, in a slag company running equipment and had a you know very physical job. Well, at 4 o'clock when we sat down to eat when he got home, I mean, there was always a meal there that was incredible. I remember going to college, and guys are talking about, I don't know how we got on a topic, you know, but these guys came from all over the Pittsburgh area. Mm-hmm. And they were all middle class, you know, like me. And they, we were talking about eating steak. And I remember one a guy's name was Tom. I won't say his last name, but Tom said, "Oh, he said I only eat steak twice a year." I said, "You got to be kidding me! I eat that twice a week." <laughs> and I never realized how fortunate I was. Yeah. So anyway, I grew up loving food. And here's the other side. Until I went to college, I was I was actually thin, worse than thin. I was 118 pounds when I went to college at. Uh, almost 18 years old. You know, I turned 18 in that July, went to college in that uh, September. Uh, so I was, you know, I just turned 18 years old. I was 118 pounds. And when I came back home from my first year in college, I was 160. So that appetite and love of food that I had never bothered me when I was, I was young, running around. I worked, you know, I was working, going, to, I was going to high school, had a part-time job, you know, I was running around with my friends and Always busy, always busy, never stopped. Then when I went to school, I stopped and studied and sat in the library and, and studied. And I didn't play sports, so I didn't have that physical activity. It wasn't, yeah. you know, and I just blew up like a balloon. I came home, and people said, my God, what happened to you? You know, I looked totally different. So, uh, you know, from what, 118 to, to uh, uh, 160. And then, so that was... You know, I wasn't even 19 years old when that happened. Um, I was almost 19. But I've been fighting a weight problem ever since. And, I, you know, there's been times I was able to knock it down. One time I even went to a nutritionist, and I got got it down. Uh, and I didn't like the nutritionist. I, I, it wasn't personal, but, you know, he, everything with him was about vitamins, you know. And you can't eat this. You couldn't drink coffee. You couldn't have tomatoes. You know, you can't do this. You can't do that. And I did it for about four or five months. But then at the end of that four or five months, you know, I ended up, I don't usually get sick, but I ended up with something called shingles, which was uh, really debilitating. Oh, yeah. And then I had Lyme's disease on top of that. Oh. And, and on top of that, I had fibromyalgia, all three at the same oh, time. Gosh. And I was never sick before and really haven't been sick since. But I, I got a feeling that, you know, my lifestyle, I eat a lot of vegetables, always did, salad vegetables, raw food. And I always thought I had a pretty, I had a strong immune system, and I got a feeling that that diet and those, you know, eating your vitamins and chemicals, uh, I got knocked down. My immune mm-hmm. system got knocked down, and then I got attacked. So anyway, that's all gone now. I don't have any of those three bothering me anymore. Uh, but you know, still, it's the food addiction. And the food addiction would be to me, like, uh, let's say I ate dinner, and then I was out with my lady and. Uh, Maybe I ate dinner at 5 o'clock or something, and I was out with my lady, and we, we were doing something, and it's like 10 o'clock. So I so said, why don't we just stop and get a snack? Okay, well, a snack could have been, what, a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, you know. But I, And I would say to myself in the car, I would say, no, I'm going in there. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm not going to eat. And I'd go in there, and the person would lay the menu in front of me, and lo and behold, you know, it would be hamburger, french fries. Okay, and and then I walk back in the car when I'm done. Why did I do that? Why yeah. did I do that? Well, the reason I did that, my intellect shut off, my emotion took over, and I was programmed to eat. And uh, and then I love sugar, so and I've definitely got to stay away from sugar. 
you know, all I have to do is taste sugar, and then, then I will go down that trail and I have a real serious problem with it. So I have to be careful that I don't go into sugar. So anyway, I kept working on beliefs. Uh, you know, it seemed like I had a lot of beliefs that were causing me to eat, causing me to eat, causing me to eat, and I'd get rid of them, and it would hold for a week, 10 days, some, sometimes two days, but it would always come back. And then I, uh, and then I made my breakthrough. I did a breakout, and I thought, you know, I, I just basically, I, I, I could not find a reason not to eat. I love food. Why not? Grew up loving food. You know, I could afford it. You know, it was plentiful. And our, where I, in the U.S., I got enough money. I don't have to fight a, my food. And, you know, it, it was pleasure. To me, it was pleasure. It was comfort. It was all those things. Everything good. Everything good was centered around food. Good entertainment, good friends, good, good food, good conversation. Go away and you're in a new environment. You know, looking at, the, I love sightseeing. I went to Alaska, mm -hmm. you know, a couple of years ago. Took in that whole Northwest and, you know, okay, is it feeling good? So we should have a good dinner and good food. That was my life. Okay, so I couldn't find a reason not to eat. I couldn't find it. I mean, like my feelings said, why? Why not eat? So then I had my breakthrough. My breakthrough was simply this. I said, okay, this doesn't make sense. Because keep in mind, you know, I've been fighting the food thing for, for years and really putting a lot of pressure on over the last couple of years. And here's exactly what happened, okay? I, I just felt, why should I not eat? I want, what, the breakout process, you'd have to understand that, you know, that we give that away for free so you can find it mm -hmm. on the internet. And I went into my breakout process and, and I just said, okay, why should I? Why should I give up food? Why shouldn't I eat what I want? And that, that was the, the opinion, the feeling, because I couldn't find a reason not to. And then at the end of that breakout, I don't think it was about 10, 12 minutes at the most, here's what I got. I got a thought. You can eat anything you want, anytime you want, but if you keep doing the way you're going, this thought, now this was a thought that came to me, this is how I always get my breakout answers and get rid of the belief and see the truth. It said that you could do that, but it's gonna take 10 years off your life. And I saw it intellectually, I felt it emotionally. And now when I look at food, it tastes just as good as it always did. I have just as much attraction to it as I always did. And I have this thing now in my mind that says, okay, uh, I want the 10 years. I'm, I, rather than eat that, you know, it's 9 o'clock at night, and geez, you know, I feel good, you know, why don't I just have a little something? And I look at that and I say, you know what, I'd rather have the 10 years than that food. So now it's kind of developed into a habit. When I look at food, and it's, it's very simple, when I look at food, instead of just my brain shutting off and, and just shoving it in my mouth, until I feel comforted. Instead of doing that, my brain stays on and I look at it and I say, okay, you could have, I don't say this to myself, but it's going on in my emotional system. I can kind of feel it. Okay, you can have that or you can have 10 years. I keep saying, I'll actually say to myself under my breath, I want the 10 years. No, mm -hmm. I don't want that candy bar. I want the 10 years. I don't want that uh, delicious uh, leftover, you know, lasagna or something, you know, I, I want the, I want the 10 years. So that's how I, uh, that's how I got on top of mine. And I, I mean, you could do that for everything, anything, but you know, if you have a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction, you, you got, you know, you have to eat anyway. So instead of eating that, I can, instead of eating the candy bar, I can eat vegetables, you know, and salad or something, but you have to eat, yeah. but you don't have to take heroin or cocaine or yeah. alcohol. And I, I, I want to tell people, I can appreciate what you're, because you got that K2 
chemical addiction as well as the emotional addiction, and it's not easy. But, you know, it's the same thing. If you want to give that up, you have to ask yourself why you're doing it. You have to ask yourself why you're doing it and what it's going to cost you. And I think what it's going to cost you, that was the breakthrough for me. You know, do you want that or do you want this? I mean, how many people are dying, you know, around 50 that abused it? I have, I have a good salesperson. He's going to be gone in a couple of weeks. Uh, he's probably 55 at the most. Hmm. Was a great salesperson, but he abused himself all his life. You know, he... Uh, he was a womanizer, you know, alcohol. I'm sure he had his fear of drugs, drugs too, throughout his career. You know, you're not going to do that kind of stuff and, and live to be 80 or 90 years old or even 70. It's not going to happen. Mm. So, you know, you start with that. But uh, let me give you the starting point. Uh, this, is, this is huge. This is important. Okay. okay. Very important. The starting point of all achievement was defined very clearly by Napoleon Hill in 1937, described in Think and Grow Rich, the book. And he said, the starting point of all achievement is definite of purpose backed up by a burning desire. So here's what happened to me, Sam Lucy, okay? The starting point of all achievement is definite of purpose backed up by a burning desire. So my definite of purpose was very simple. I don't want to die at 75 years old because I ate myself to death or even 78 years old or even 81 years old, okay? My de definite major purpose was I want to live long enough so that I can spread the B-code throughout the entire world. That's, that's my personal goal right now. That's what I want to do. So that's more important to me than eating. It was more important intellectually, and uh, it was just as important emotionally. But I had an offset belief that said, hey, wait, you love food. Why, should, why shouldn't you eat it? So the starting point was the definite of purpose, backed up by a burning desire, and I pushed my burning desire to a point where I wouldn't take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. When I did that, then all hell broke loose. And then I, I went through a whole plethora of beliefs, opinions, that I had to get rid of to get down to the last one, which is the one I said, you know, the 10 years or the, the keep eating. But what, what's so important about this is whatever you believe you make true. People say, I know that. You don't know that. You don't even have a clue the depth of how deep that goes and what it causes, okay? Mm. So... But what you, you, everything in your world is built in your subconscious mind. That's where it starts. Napoleon Hill was very clear about that, too. Now, you cannot control your subconscious mind, but you can influence it. You can influence it. You influence it by getting a definite of purpose, burning desire. You put those two together, and you get your subconscious mind to adopt that, and it will. Then what it has to do is it has to remove every opinion or belief that you have that's going to prevent you from getting that. And sometimes it's going to be a lot. For me, it was a heck of a lot. I'm trying to go where I'm trying to go with all this, mm. the B-code and break yeah. So you better be ready, you know, because it gets, it'll appear to get worse before it gets better. I mean, I noticed myself before I finally broke through, God, I was eating, you know, I was eating sugar and candy and before, before I went to bed, you know, I mean, and then I, I could see, my God, this isn't, you're going to kill yourself. You know, keep in mind, I want those. I don't want to die. I want to spread this. But those two forces were working together. My beliefs were being pushed to the surface, and then when it when it got bad enough that I could see this is ridiculous. Now you're going to blow up again, and because I had lost about seventy pounds, gained maybe ten or fifteen of them back, and then and that's when I did that final breakout. So I'll just reiterate that for you, okay? Everything, your whole world is created in your subconscious mind down to the last drop, just like Maxwell House Coffee, good to the last drop. There, is no, there are no accidents, no one-offs, and no one else creates your life but you. You create first from belief. If there's no belief in the way, you'll create from truth. Truth is desire. So 
Once you set that definite major purpose, if you have alcohol, drugs, food, sex, uh, shopping, exercising, I mean, you could anything done over excess is, is an addiction, okay? So you want to get rid of it. You set the goal. You start with the purpose, and you build the desire to the point where you won't take no for an answer. Your subconscious mind will take over and deliver for you if you are willing to, to, to stick with it because it has to remove every belief that's causing you to do that. And it will do that if you will stick with it. That's why Napoleon Hill said, I can't understand. You know, I give people the formula for life, and I show them how to do it. I give them everything, and, and almost nobody does it. He, he said, there's no way to explain man's indifference to himself. Well, I picked up right there where he left off because I knew he was right. I could feel it, but I couldn't make it work. Now I can make it work, okay? The reason it, it doesn't work is we give up before, you know, when, when thing, things seem to get worse before they get better. Like in my case, you know, geez, I'm, I'm not creeping my way into a good diet. And I'm, I'm eating myself to death right in front of me. So, you know, and, and that was a wake-up call for me. Hey, wait a minute. You keep doing this. You can get them 70 pounds back in three or four months. So you have to stick with it. You have to stick with it. It'll appear like it's getting bad before it gets better. The reason that is is because your beliefs have to act out in your world so you can see them and do something about it. In my case, you're eating like a fool. You're going to bed. You know, that was my belief causing me to do it. That had to get out of there. But I could see it. If I couldn't see it, I couldn't get rid of it and get it out of there. So... That's how it is. All addictions are caused by I don't feel good enough, and I don't. I'm not happy. I'm not getting what I want out of life. Mm. And you know, almost everybody's fighting some form of that. Almost everybody. You know, the person who has their diet under control maybe is an exercise freak. You know, the person who seemed to have everything under control, you know, maybe is developing heart disease because they're so uptight and stressed. You know, and disciplined. You know, and this is not about discipline. I. I uh, it's, it has nothing to do with discipline. The only discipline you need is enough to get a burning desire and deficit purpose together. That's all the discipline you need. Mm. Your system will take over from there. So when people tell you, you know, if you, you're just a weakling because you can't stop eating or you can't stop uh, running around trying to find a sex partner or you can't, you know, no, it's not, it has nothing to do with discipline. It absolutely has nothing to do with discipline. And what happens? When we, what do we feel like when we're told there's something wrong with us because we don't have discipline? <laughs> you just feel worse? And the situation is exacerbated. Yeah. It gets worse. So, does that answer your question there? Yeah, Bert? I think that's a great answer to the question. Okay. Anything I else that, I can help you with today? I don't think for today. I think we've, you know, you covered that topic topic phenomenally. Well, thank you. Thanks for sitting down with me again. It's uh, it's always good talking. Okay, I'm looking forward to the next one. All right, great. Thank you for listening to the fourth episode of the Think to Win podcast. We will be back next week with the fifth episode where we will talk about how uh, a person's belief system is able to actually contaminate their entire life. So thank you for listening again. And if you'd like to learn more, check out our website at PlatinumEdgeSalesTraining.com. Thank you. Bye-bye.